You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. This morning, I want you to take your Bibles to Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And then I want you to take your Bible to Jeremiah chapter 1, okay? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Look at Jeremiah 29, verse 11. I want to share this with you. Listen to this. For I know the plan that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. And not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I want you to look at your neighbor. Look at them and say, you have a plan. Look at your other neighbor and say, you have a plan. Even the person that, that has a permanent frown on their face. Look at them and say, turn that frown upside down because God has a plan for you. Now, this is what I want you to do. Look at yourself and say, Self, God has a plan for me. It's really easy this morning to look at everybody else and say, God has this and God has that. Let me tell you something. There are no pitchforks here this morning. You know, where you just take it and you just throw it on somebody else. He's not talking to me. No, this morning. This morning, God has a plan for you. For you. A plan to be able to prosper you. A plan to be able to bless you. A plan to give you a hope and a future. God has a plan for you this morning. Notice this, there are no qualifying statements in this passage of Scripture. Realize he said this, if you're under a certain age, if you're over a certain age, if you look like this, if you're this gender, if you have this background, if you have this occupation, if you do this or if you do this, then you are voided from the plan of God in your life. There are no qualifying statements in this. God has a plan for you this morning. And understand this, brother and sister, Understand, when we stop coming to this place where we begin to excuse and void ourselves for what God's plan is in our life, it allows us to begin to accept God's plan in our life. Look at this, brother and sister, and just for a moment, as I was, I was thinking about this, sometimes we put and we come to a place, my wife is a flea market shopper. She used to be before she had kids a lot more. Thank God there are some things that do change. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm here to tell you something. That means I don't have to be up and I don't have to go with her. Hallelujah. Thank you. Come on, somebody. That's a good time to say amen. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Hallelujah. Because this is the thing. This, there is, there is, you'll hear this all the time in, in people that are involved in flea markets. That is, one man's trash is another man's treasure. You go flea marking. Why? Because one man's trash is another man's treasure. Somebody is just trying to get rid of stuff and somebody else is saying, that is not just stuff. 
That's awesome. I'm amazed sometimes as I've gone through something and go, man, somebody's throwing that out. What? And then I'm doing the same thing. Clean that stuff out and out the door it goes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Understand this. You may look at yourself as trash and you may look at yourself as someone that has been completely and totally voided of any real value. But understand this. God sees you not as you see yourself, but He sees you as the treasure that you are this morning. In the hands of a master, any piece of clay can become something beautiful. In the hands of a master, any canvas can sing and be beautiful. In the hands of a master, brother and sister, anything can be able to be beautiful. You put me in that place, brother and sister, I'll tell you something. I can make a mess out of a canvas. Come on, somebody. I can make a mess out of Play-Doh. But if you put it in the right people's hands, it can be beautiful. This morning, understand this. Whenever we come to this realization that yes, God has a plan for me and it doesn't matter as much about my evaluation of who I am or the skills that I have because it's not an evaluation of what I think. It's all about this, what God thinks. Come on somebody. And this is the problem that so many people are so miserable in the house of God. And they're so miserable in the church. And they're so miserable because they have yet to find out that they need to stop looking at their own ability and their own makeup as something that they self-evaluate. Now I understand something. You can see me up over here going, Thank you, Jesus. You can see me going, Wow! You can see me up here on this platform just worshiping God and God using me and all this other stuff. But you didn't see me at 2.30 in the morning when that dog was yelping. <laughs> Woo! There was nothing Holy Ghost about that, I'm telling you that much. Woo! Lord have mercy. Why? Because, brother and sister, every single one of us, if you look at us at our worst moments... It is never ever pretty. But understand this. God sees us not as what we are, but what we can be this morning. Thank you, Jesus. So any question that you have about your ability and where you are is completely voided. Why? Because it's not about you. It's about the Creator. It's about the Manifester. It's about the Producer of the work that is able to go on in your raw material. So what are you saying? That's why you can take Abraham 75 years old and he takes off and he goes. To a promised land that he has no idea where it's at. That's why at a hundred years old that the Lord can give him a son. 
Understand, brother and sister, that is the reason why that David can be able to be a shepherd boy. And he walks in and he's not even old enough or thought well enough to even be somebody invited to when the prophet Samuel comes. But yet the Lord sees him and says, the, that is the one that I am calling. It's not about your age. It's not about how qualified you are. It's not about any of those things. It's about the Lord who calls you. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Understand this is not about your background. If it was, Paul would have completely been excommunicated and voided from the call of God in his life. He was a murderer. He was a blasphemer. But understand this. In the Lord, whenever he came to the Lord, the Lord reached down into Saul's life and transformed him from a murderer and a blasphemer and made him the apostle to the Gentiles and began to write how we govern the church today through his book. Saying something powerful. It's not about your background. It's not about your job place where you are. It's a job. Do you realize this? That Isaiah the prophet was a scribe before he was a prophet. But you know what changed? Isaiah 6 changed. When he saw the Lord high and lifted up, and all of a sudden everything changed in his life. Understand something. You can be doing one thing, and God can be able to go, hold up. Let me show you something greater. This morning, understand this. God is in the business of taking what you have and blessing it and producing great things in your life. He has a plan for you. Do not excuse the plan that God has for you just because you view yourself as something less than what God says that you can be. Do you know how many times that people have been robbed of true potential? My mentor, his name is Chris Brandon. Man, an awesome guy. I didn't know this. His father was called to preach. He ran from the call of God became a donut man. He became a deacon in the church. Great man of God. But I remember one of the times that I came back with him to Arkansas, to his home church, and watched as Chris took the pulpit. I remember looking back and seeing his father weeping profusely. Weeping as his son took the platform. Weeping as he preached through the message weeping profusely as he worked the altars. Finally, I was like, what in the world? Floyd tells me this, he says, I weep because I was once called. And now God is fulfilling my call in my son, and I have to watch as God works through him what he should have worked in me. share this with you brother and sister God wants to be able to work in you and fulfill a degree of ministering you that maybe you may feel completely unqualified for but God is the God that is able to do this now, I want you to turn your Bible flip over to Jeremiah chapter 1 okay Jeremiah chapter 1 I'm going to read just a few passages of scripture here 
this morning. Jeremiah chapter 1. When you have it there, say glory. Okay. Here we go. Look here. Jeremiah chapter 1. 437 in my make-believe Bible. Hallelujah. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 1. Let's look down at verse 4. Okay? And I want to share some with you. There are three things that are going on in this passage of Scripture that we're about to read. There is a calling, there is an assuring, and there is a helping. Okay? Three things. There's a calling... There is an assuring, and there is a helping. Understand this. The Lord calls, and as many of people here came to this altar, they've heard that God is wanting to use them. What happened in this altar? That is this. The Lord reassures them. And He helps them by preparing them, and then at the moment of ministry, does something that only God can be able to do. Okay? So He calls. He assures, and then He helps. Now let's look at the passage of Scripture. Verse 4, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Woo! He knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And realize this, before anything, before Jeremiah even knows that he is called, God already has a plan for him. Notice this, the life before he got the call, the Lord has already knows what's going on, yet he still calls him. And realize this, he calls him in the womb, inside. And he says this, you are going to be a prophet. So what am I going to do? I'm going to give you the giftings that allow you to be a prophet. Understand something. There is, for every call, there are always giftings that allow the call. Okay? Whatever it may be, I've always said this, that I've always had a gift of gab. Well, there's a reason why. I talked a lot whenever I didn't know the Lord. But now that I know the Lord, He's just changed my conversation and changed what has been inside of me the entire time. This is the reason why some things, the very things that were your destruction can sometimes when you meet the Lord be changed into a place that you see others redeemed through your very area of destruction. Why? Because God always begins to reach in and begins to do work. Because the enemy wants to destroy your giftings, but God wants to be able to resurrect those giftings. The enemy wants to hide those giftings, but the Lord wants to bring those giftings out. The Lord wants to speak life into those giftings, but, they, but brother and sister, understand something. The enemy wants to destroy them. So what does he do many times? The very thing that you have inside of you that allows you to be what God has called you to be, he will seek to destroy very, very quickly. Understand, before 
He was in his mother's room. The Lord said he's going to be a prophet and begin to give him the ability and the giftings that were going to produce that prophetic word in him. Understand something. Understand something. God is the one who calls. And he calls at sometimes crazy moments. But as he calls, he begins to work. And we begin to see something in Jeremiah, a window into the purpose of the Lord. The Lord calls and He uses us according to the plan that He lays out in us for which He enables through His giftings. So as God begins to do these things, through us He uses the giftings that He's put inside of us. Now He calls us. Now look down here and let's pick up reading in verse 6. Okay? Then said I, Oh, ah, hold up, wait a sec, excuse me, whatever you want to talk about that's going to change the subject here, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. Immediately he's like going, woohoo, I have a problem, I've got an issue here. Okay, you've called, but look, I'm young. Sorry, can't do that. Sorry, you must have called the wrong person because look at my situation and my situation dictates to me and everybody else that I cannot be called this way. Realize this, brother and sister, your situation does not dictate if God has called you or not. Say it again. Your situation does not dictate if God has called you or not. God calls according to what He has put inside of you, not according to the situation around you. That is, a, that is important why I said that so many times when He talks about calling. Because many times when we get in the situation and the environment that we are in, we sometimes doubt what God is able to do because of the environment. And the Lord says, understand, it's not about your environment. It is about what I am doing in you. Look at verse 7. But the Lord said to him, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you will speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. So understand something, brother and sister. Realize something very, very quickly. The Lord says this, I'm calling you, Jeremiah. Jeremiah says, hold up. I can't do that because look at where I'm at. But in the middle of it, the Lord then says, Jeremiah, yes, you can. I'm going to reassure you of your calling. How? Because I am going with you. And whatever you do, I will be the one that empowers you, my Lord. You are not a one-trick pony. You are not somebody this morning that is all out just you and you alone and it's you and your gifts and you and your ability, you and your study Bible, you and this and you and that. No, 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 no. You are more than that. Why? Because the God that called you is the God that will equip you and the God that equips you, He is a God that will deliver you. 
we get this so caught up and so misconstrued in our lives. And we say, you know what? I can't do that. I can't do that. Let me tell you something. It's hard for me sometimes to get up here and look at y'all sometimes. Especially him. <laughs> sometimes it's difficult. There have been moments that I've stood before this pulpit, and especially at funerals, when their lifestyle has not been something that God would be pleased with. And they have left a testimony of destruction. And they look and they say, is there hope? And I have to say this. The only hope, yes. Because we don't know what they did their last breath. Could they have called out to the Lord? Yes, they could have. I've had to stand before people and I've had to weep and cry and say, Oh God, why am I in a position like this? Why in the world am I having to do this? This is terrible. God, this is horrible. I don't like this part of it. But brother and sister, understand this. There's always been a Lord God that has breathed into this preacher that has been able to give him a word at a moment that I didn't know what the word could be to be able to give them hope that yes, there is a resurrection and if they met, met it I don't know but you need to get ready there are moments I've walked into hospitals and said oh God what in the world do I say but me just being there the Lord somehow always gives a word at a moment whenever I'm like oh God thank you Jesus there's been more than one time I've been riding back from hospitals and right at just saying, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Because out of my mouth came something that I got no idea where it came from. But thanks be unto God, there's a God in heaven that is breathing something through me this morning. Understand this. There's nothing like being in a prayer closet. And knowing that you are about to be able to be used in a way because this is the calling that God has given you, but not knowing exactly, God, what is it that you want me to speak? God, what is it that you want me to do? God, what is it? And not really knowing what it is, but the moment that He begins to breathe upon you and begin to give you the words, it's like a fresh calling all over again this morning. See, the brother and sister understand something. It's those moments of reassuring where the Lord says, yes, I did call you. And yes, I will give you the words. And yes, I will be with you when you go to work. And yes, I will be with you whenever you do what I've called you to do. Yes, I will. Those are beautiful. Those are awesome moments when the Lord says, yes, I am with you. I will be with you. You are not alone. I will walk in there. And I tell you, I was so blessed with Sister Tiffany just a few moments ago. We need to pray for her as she, she's getting feeling the Lord calling her into, into being used at the jail and different other issues and other things. She went this first time. And Sister Tiffany, you don't mind me saying this and just saying it. I'll shut my mouth then. I'll leave it. I, I, yeah. 
You know, I was so blessed because she was talking about her first time getting a chance to be able to go to the minister, go in and minister, and how all of a sudden God is using her in a way that she had never really figured out before. She didn't go in and say, you know what, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to do this, and then I'll turn around and I'll say this, and then I'll look over at this lady and I will say this, and then I'll spin back around and I'll go, woo, 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 and then everything is going to work out good. No, walk in and just let God be God in her. and. Let me tell you something, brother and sister. We made it too difficult. God wants to use us. And if we will come to a place that we will get in the presence of the Lord and allow Him to reassure us and give us and birth in us, and guess what? Look what else happens here in verse 9. Look over here in verse 9. Listen to what He says. Let me find it. Lord have mercy. Verse 9. Here we go. Then the Lord said, Put forth his hand, and he touched his mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Woo-wee. Man, it's a beautiful thing to go from being assured that he's going to show up, and then whenever he touches you, it's like, My question is, brother and sister, when's the last time that you felt that in your walk with God? May need to make some distance here. Because some of y'all may have some good throwing arms. Brother and sister, one of the most beautiful things about walking with the Lord is when you find where God wants you to be and the quickening that comes in that moment of God using you. Whenever He reaches and He begins to work in you, and you feel it, and it's a quickening agent that just says, Wow! I am convinced that the reason why so many people in the body of Christ are so miserable is because they don't know what that is. Because they haven't figured it out in their lives. They haven't figured out that place where the Lord reaches down and says, this is where I'm calling you. And begins to equip you to be what He's called you to be. And the power of stepping out. And seeing God do something in you. See it, Pastor Tam, but yeah, Pastor... I'm not called to be in that kind of ministry. You know, it doesn't matter what your ministry is. There's a quickening that comes with it. A friend of mine, when preaching his church, the pastor called me. I was like, well, how in the world did you even hear me? He said, well, got this new guy that started coming to church. I said, really? He said, well, he's been here for about six months. And, well, he's changed the church. I was like, oh, really? He said, well, let's just say you need to come and see what's happened. I go, what in the world? I show up. 
I look out and I see bikers. I see guys that, man, I'm talking about, they had beards down to their belly button. They came in with, you know, Harley Davidson do-rags. They come mechanics that you could see like black stuff all around. They've tried to clean up underneath their fingernails, but it's difficult. And they, they, some of them even came in with their work, you know, stuff where they just came in like grease hanging off of them. And I'm like going, "Ooh, Lord, have mercy. Somebody get them a towel. Sit, sit, let them sit down in that thing. They came in and all kinds of stuff. And I was looking at it and the pastor looked at me and he says, this is what's been going on. Come to find out. I had a friend of mine, he got saved. God, God had a call of God on his life. He thought that it was supposed to be a call to preach, a call to be behind the pulpit. And guess what? He got up and he said, my God, this is what I'm called to do. And guess what? He burnt and he failed. And he fell out on, on, on God. Why? Because he hadn't figured out. He was trying his best to make it work. Okay, now catch this. Opens up a tow, dry, a tow truck business. Opens up the tow truck business. God gets a hold of them. God saves them. In four months, he saw 16 people one to Jesus in his tow shop. He started turning to me. He says, he said, man, it's kind of crazy. They come in here and they got stuff wrong and they pull up and he said, Last week, I was underneath the car. The guy comes walking in. I don't even know what he looks like. I'm just working on one of them creepers. And he's in there, and he's, and he's just talking to me. And all of a sudden, I start feeling here, just watching him shake. From his knees down, start shaking. And I start pulling back out. And he says, there's a grown man just weeping. What have they been talking about? They had just been talking about hope and about Jesus and about church. And all of a sudden, God starts just weeping before the Lord. Sixteen people got saved, started coming to this, just literally they almost shut the church down three different times because hardly nobody was coming. And in a moment, in just six months, that place was almost filled. Why? Because those 16 people saw their family saved. They started coming to church and the church was regenerated. Why? Because one guy found his place in his pulpit and his pulpit was not behind a pulpit. It was underneath a car. Let us just understand something. The Lord enables and He helps. Let me finish this and I'm going to finish. Look at this. Verse 10. See how I have this day set before you or set you over the nations and over kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Notice that the Lord has already put Jeremiah in the position before he even does anything. Let me say that again. Before he does anything, the Lord says, I'm already putting you in the position. Realize this, brother and sister. Your position is waiting on you. All that you have to do is fulfill it. 
your position is ready. The only thing you have to do is just step in and fulfill it. Because God makes a way before you ever get there. If you will just follow Him. Understand something. He calls. Not only does He call, but He reassures. And then He enables. Look down in verse 17. Listen to what He says. Therefore, prepare and arise and speak to them what I have commanded you. Prepare, arise, speak. Prepare, arise, speak. Prepare, arise, speak. Say it with me. Prepare, arise, speak. One more time. Prepare, arise, speak. Brother and sister, understand something. Speak is because that was what the Lord called him to do. Whatever your calling is, that's what you need to put right there. Prepare, arise, be a van driver. Prepare, arise, bake goods for your neighbors and invite them to church. Seed the Word of God into their lives. Prepare, arise, we need hospitality back in the, in the community room. Things we want to do before service to increase fellowship and connectivity in the body of Christ. What we want to do on Wednesday nights to be able to help families to be able to come to church by preparing maybe a meal before service. There is stuff that we want to be able to do. But guess what? There's positions. We just need somebody to fill them in Jesus' name. We need to be able to understand your place. God is calling you. Understand this. Prepare. Arise. Be used. Prepare. Arise. Be used. Now look at this. Let me, let me finish reading. Because you're going to get blessed by this. Listen to this. Do not be dismayed before their faces. Let me just tell you something. Sometimes it doesn't go well the first time. Sometimes it doesn't go well the second time. Sometimes there's shoutings, and, I, and, and then other times there's people that, well, sometimes it's nice whenever your contacts start fogging out. You know why? Because I don't have to watch you. I can just preach. Look at this, what he says in verse 18. For behold, I have made you <laughs> this day. Prepare, arise, speak, because He's made you. He's going to make you whatever you need to be. In this case, Jeremiah needed to be a fortified city. He needed to be an iron pillar. He needed to be bronze walls against the whole land. Why? Because the word that he was speaking was not going to be popular. But the Lord says this, I will make you into exactly what you need to be. Hear me this morning. Whatever. Thank you, Enrique. Understand this. What God wants to do in you 
it is uniquely personal to your giftings. And it's uniquely needful in the body of Christ. Because there's only one of you. And the giftings in you, there's only one set of them. Understand something. Whether it's giftings that are used here in this, this building in different things, or it's giftings that are used out in your neighborhood or at your work or wherever they may be, understand this. It's all part of the body of Christ and you have a unique plan for it. But you have to prepare yourself. You have to arise. And you have to be used. And then the Lord will make you. If you will prepare. If you will arise. How do I prepare? Get in the Lord's presence. That's simple. Get in the Lord's presence. Get in His Word. And then arise. Be ready to be used. Be used. And guess what the Lord says? I will make you exactly what you need. Father, in the name of Jesus. Dear God, Lord, I thank you for the word of God. Lord, I didn't know exactly how this service was going to go. And, and Lord, we've already anointed and we've already done before we even got to the word. But I pray in the name of Jesus right now that the Word of God confirms what's been happening in this front. <clears throat> and Lord Jesus, I know in my spirit that there are those that have been sitting on their seat this morning that God was even speaking to, but because of their past, because of past stuff, because of all these excuses, they voided themselves of even coming forward saying, well, it's just old hat. I'm just this. I'm just that. I'm this. I have this. I have that. But the Lord would say, no. Because He is the one that has called you. He is the one that wants to reassure you this morning. And He is the one that's going to help you to become what God has called you to be. He will be the one. He will be the one. He will be the one. In the name of Jesus right now, Father, move across this building, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray right now. Stand to your feet across this building.